Welcome to Ardor's Erotic Reflections. In this podcast, Ardor gives you glimpses into some of his stories and talks about his odd and pointless views on gender, sex, and all things erotic. You can only get the free bonus chapters most of my books have by buying directly through me on ardorotica.com. That's A-R-D-O-R-O-T-I-C-A dot com. I use PayPal, so it's safe, secure, and the best way to buy my books. Stop by my website today and get a free ebook and see how simple it is to put my books on your favorite device. Hi, and welcome to the seventh episode of Ardor's Erotic Reflections. Don't forget about my other podcast, though, Art Erotica. On that podcast, I read excerpts from some of my stories. You have to go to my website, arterotica.com, to get that show. In episode nine of the Art Erotica podcast, I'm going to read to you from my latest book, The Study. It's a chastity playbook. Lewis gets asked by his sexy professor to take part in a very special study that leaves him locked up and distracted in a way you have to read to believe. So after you've finished here, go over to my website and check it out. So, what shall we talk about today? I know this is a bit of an old story now, but I want to touch on the Gamergate scandal. If you're not familiar with it, I'll put a link in the show notes that you can check out. Most of it has to do with ethics and video game journalism that, frankly, I don't follow much or have an opinion on. A part of the controversy, however, has to do with a woman named Anita Sarkeesian and her YouTube video, Tropes vs. Women in Video Games. Once again, there will be a link to her video in the show notes. Feel free to watch it for yourself and form your own opinion of it. To boil it down to its basics, Miss Sarkeesian comments on how women are used in video games as sex objects and are minimal background characters at best. If you look up her video on YouTube, you'll find plenty of rebuttals to her argument. How successful they are, I'll leave that to you to decide. What I want to do is use this as an opportunity to talk about something that I experienced with video games and sexism. Some time ago, I was hanging out with a couple that I know who have children. One of those children was an 11-year-old girl. Let's call her Beth, which isn't her real name, of course. Beth was into video games. Now, I've played more than a few video games in my time, but I wouldn't call myself a gamer. Still, who doesn't like to shoot monsters, zombies, and aliens? So, I was at this couple's house. There was a group of people talking and watching TV. I lost interest in the conversation and the TV shows, so I went in to see what Beth was doing. She was playing a video game, so I sat down to watch. Eventually, the game came to a cutscene. Now, if you don't know what a cutscene is, it's like a little movie within the game that just kind of moves the plot along. You can't control the characters or do anything. You're just supposed to sit and watch it. Sometimes there are clues in the cutscenes to help you continue the game. Other times, it's just a pretty visual. It all depends upon the game. Just before we got to this cutscene, Beth said that it was weird. She was obviously looking to me to explain what was going on. I figured it was some kind of puzzle that she needed help figuring out or something. I couldn't have been more wrong. The scene faded up from black to a pretty woman wearing a very revealing outfit. I think it was a short, skin-tight dress with a low-cut top. The camera zoomed in and panned up and down her body, forcing you to ogle her. Beth didn't seem to understand what was going on, 
and she looked to me for some kind of explanation. All I did was sort of blush and stammer. I still regret that moment. I wish I could have offered her something useful, something that could have helped to explain things so that she didn't feel so weird and uncomfortable. I was just taken by surprise and caught so off guard that I didn't know what to say. My whole point is that women and girls do play video games and shouldn't have to deal with that kind of stuff. In fact, there's a recent article by the Washington Post online that says more women play video games than men. Honestly, I don't know if that's true or not. I do know about one little girl who will be forever fixed in my memory. In my mind, she's always sitting in front of a video game having fun. Then a cutscene comes along that makes her feel weird and uncomfortable, and she doesn't even know why. Maybe you think some kind of rating system would help. The problem is, there was no nudity. There wasn't even any sexual content. The game just made you leer at a female character. And of course, that had nothing to do with playing the game. I'm going to blame a little of this on capitalism. The company that made that video game included that scene because that's what they think sells. What's right and what makes money isn't always the same thing. Still, I think people who get upset at the idea of losing that kind of content feel like something is being taken away from them without realizing what they might get in return. Admittedly, what you get in return isn't as tangible as drooling over digital TNA. It's only an atmosphere where women aren't made to feel weird and uncomfortable about sex. And I think, although I have no way of proving this, that if women didn't feel weird, uncomfortable, or pressured by sex, they'd actually be more interested in having it. So that's what you might get by ending sexism. A cool partner who likes playing video games and having beeps with you. An end to sexism doesn't mean that women would have to stop being sexy, or even dressing sexy. It just wouldn't be done at their expense anymore. They would do so because they felt like doing so. They would have some power in the equation instead of being forced or made to feel like it's their duty to do so. Yeah, maybe that's an oversimplification of things. And of course, it would have to be more than just video games. But you see what I mean, right? I think there are fine lines where things get gray, though. For example, is it okay to sexually objectify your partner while having sex? Fleeting moments of objectivity when you're overcome with desire for some part of your partner's body while in the throes of passion is probably something we all do. And that might not be so bad, assuming that there is also love and respect in the relationship as well. We're allowed to be human. We're allowed to feel desire and express our sexuality and even have outlandish sexual fetishes. We just need to keep some perspective and remember that other people have thoughts and feelings. We shouldn't get so carried away with our desires that we forget to respect the people in our lives. Speaking of desires, let's talk about one of my favorite things. <laughs> Dirty stories. I'm just about finished with my latest story. It's going to be really long, though. The story, when finished, will probably be around 70,000 words. I'm not sure I'm going to publish it to Amazon, though. I may take this straight to Kickstarter and print a paperback book out of it. I haven't decided for sure yet, though. This may mean a lot more printed books in the future. I know this might be a little weird to admit in the digital age, but I still love the printed book. I think every writer wants to see their work printed in a good old-fashioned paper book. 
Maybe 30 years from now, all that will change. But for right now, at least, books mean something to writers and hopefully new readers. Thanks for listening to Ardor's Erotic Reflections. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out his other podcast, Art Erotica. You'll find it on his podcast page on his website, arterotica.com. That's A-R-D-O-R-O-T-I-C-A.com. It's also free and has excerpts of some of the stories. Listen, subscribe, and see you next time on Ardor's Erotic Reflections.